0: It is a special privilege of mine to be able to introduce to you the Reverend Dr. Geraldine McClellan. She uh, has been a friend of mine since we pastored together in the Miami district years and years ago. I think the earth's crust was just cooling about that time. (laughs) Um, This is Black History Month, and Geraldine it has some pages in that history. Some incredible pages. If you have not read the uh, article that's in your bulletin, I suggest that you do that. But wait until after the service. <laughs> she is she is the first black female member of the Florida Annual Conference uh, of the. Uh, it was the United Methodist Church. She was uh, <clears throat> also. Uh, a delegate to the Jurisdiction and General Conference, still is. She will not be in the next team, but uh, she has served well. She was also the first black female district superintendent. So her name is written incredibly into the history of, of our denomination, but of our annual conference. I wanted her to come and preach for us because of all those things that she's been The greatest thing is she's a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I introduce to you Geraldine McClellan. And I introduce to you First United Methodist Church of Lakeland. And come and bring us the word, Geraldine. Thank you.
1: This is indeed the day that the Lord has made, and I don't know about you in the midst of all that goes on in the world, I'm glad that God has allowed us to be in this place one more time. As I listened to the choir, as the bell choir, as they shared this morning, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Even in the midst of the darkness, we don't have any other option. God has blessed us so much that we need to let our light shine. And then they sang the song that moves me. We're marching in the light of the Lord. And we're marching. And you need to know that march hasn't stopped. It's just begun. But God's going to finish that march through each one of us as we open our hearts to him and allow him to come in and be who he wants to be in our lives, not who we want him to be. Dr. Riley, I am humbled and honored to be in your presence today and to the associate pastors that I've just met, one at the board gathering and again this morning. I thank God for your presence this day and for each of you who are here. I always like to thank my writing partner who doesn't, don't think it's a robbery to riding me down the road, Miss Maggie Bryant, that's always keeping me company when I have to travel somewhere, either she or she and her husband. But we've come today to celebrate the Word of God and to allow him to pour into us that which he would have us to have. I want to call your attention this morning to Matthew, the 10th chapter, verses 28 through 32. The scripture reads, "Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell." Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid; you are more valuable of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. I ask that you bear with me this morning as I've had cataract surgery in both eyes and things get kind of glassy. And if you've had that surgery, you know what it does to you. But the message this morning is everybody, not somebody, but everybody is somebody and Christ is all. I want you to say that with me. Everybody... Is somebody, is somebody, and Christ is all. Christ is all. Amen. My soul is made up of children from across the world. And it's one of my favorite ones because it shows red and yellow. You know the children's song. It says red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in this sight. And I was born and raised that way during the years of when racism was running high. But we lived in a community right on the St. John's River where all of our neighbors were Anglos. And you wouldn't believe back then we didn't lock our doors, our homes were open, because we knew the folk in the community. We went from Judge Revels' house to the Williams' house. And Mrs. Revels would have to call sometimes for the boys to come home because they stayed stuck in the kitchen because they said, my mama cooked better than their mama. But we've just come today to recognize everybody is somebody in Christ is all. And I'm so glad that God's creation is made up of different cultures, sizes, shapes, texture of hair, and skin tone. What kind of world would this be if we all looked alike, if we all acted alike? God made all of us different. And I'm reminded of that children's song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, not some of the children, but all the children of the world, Red and yellow, black and white, guess what, y'all? They're precious in His sight. Everybody. Everybody is somebody in Christ. Even with our differences. Some of us may feel that we have not been given a fair shake because of our background or where we live or how we live. There may be those who feel like they don't even fit the mold or feel uncomfortable worshiping in congregations that are not made up of their culture. But I've come to tell you this morning, First Church, that in spite of what we think each, each of us, each of us matter to God, everybody is somebody in Christ. God's eye is on each one of us. For some, it may not be easy to believe that everybody is somebody, especially when we have the nerve to categorize people based on their worth and their wealth, fame or position in life who their parents are, and where they lived, and their lifestyles. Even though we lived on the St. John's River, my dad was a Methodist preacher, all of his brothers were, my grandfather passed at the church that I retired from. But we were brought up to believe that everybody was somebody. We were brought up to believe that we never looked down on anyone, because we don't know the day that someone would be looking down on us. But it's difficult for some of us to believe that everybody is somebody. But thank God that God does not see with our eyes because a whole lot of us would not have had a chance. Am I right? Everybody matters to God. And God knows and cares about what is happening in our lives. It may seem like more than we can handle, but if he cares for the sparrow, don't you know God cares for each one of us? I don't know about you, but I'm glad God's eye is on things we deem unimportant. Jesus reminds us of a simple but profound truth in verse 29. There is not a sparrow that falls to the ground that God is not aware of. And not a hair on our head that God has not numbered on a place therefore for a purpose. For some of us, the purpose appears to be vanishing with the hair. That's where it starts. But nonetheless, the scripture is telling us that everybody and their pet matters. Man with the pet iguana that I saw on the news the other night. I said, who wants a pet iguana? (laughs) Everybody counts because God made each one of us special. Psalms 139, 13 through 14 says, For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. I don't care what somebody else calls you. And these are the words my daddy and mother planted into eight of us. Don't worry about what they call you. When the schools were integrated and my younger sister and brother integrated the schools, dad had gone on to be with his father. But mama said to them, I want you to remember what your daddy poured into the rest of them. Don't care what, worry about what somebody else calls you or think about you. But did you know there is nobody else like you? We don't need to worry about what we look like. I'm so glad that when we were made, the mold was thrown away. And I can assure you that it was thrown away when God created me, according to my mama. We ought to be glad that the mold was broken when we were made. There is no other person who has been or who will ever have your same fingerprints, your identical genetic code, or your exact looks or character. Nobody can take your place. You are special because you are created in the image of God. You matter to God. Because what God creates matters. All of us, I don't know anybody in this building today who don't have ups and downs in life. Many of us, if not all of us, have experienced some tough times, some tough blows. Some of us have messed up in so many ways, some more times than once. My mama prayed for me more than she probably prayed for the other children because I was one that was determined to do what I wanted to do when I got ready to do it. (laughs) But God has made all of us in his image. We've made mistakes as parents. We've made mistakes as spouses. We've made mistakes as persons. But I can assure you that we still matter to God. In the New Living Translation, Isaiah 45, 9 reads, what sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? You see, if we took all of our differences that we let define us and remember who it is that created us, we would know without a doubt that we are created in the image of God. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter where you've come from. doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor or high or low. In other words, we look alike. We act alike. We think alike. Sin may be trying to separate us from God. But we will still bear his mark on our soul. Everybody, not somebody. Everybody counts. It's not God's desire that any of us should perish. Destruction was not in the original blueprint. Devotion was. God doesn't desire for us to perish. His sacrificial death on the cross was the result of fully understanding what it means for a person to perish. To perish can mean more than just hell. To perish is a state of hopelessness. It is the absence of purpose and meaning. I know people who are perishing before my eyes and not one of them has died or gone to hell. You know them in your own lives. I like to tell folk I don't ever exempt myself from anything because I see it in my own family. It's everywhere you go. Surely I know there are some who think they're perfect. But if you find one, let me know and I'll find something wrong with (laughs) them. Life is a precious gift that God has given, so precious that everybody is special, and God longs for the salvation of each one of us. As I think about how we classify folk when I served in Mount Pleasant United Methodist Church, and Miss Maggie was a member of that congregation, and we, Mount Pleasant sat in a very beautiful community that nothing was there at one point, but Africans was an African-American community, but there was nothing there but those who, who taught school, those who were professionals that lived in that community. And that community transitioned to nothing but a drug house. And when I was appointed there in 1980, 1980 and received, the 88, and received word that they wanted me to come to Mount Pleasant, but they needed to move me out of the parsonage because it was right next door to the church, sitting across from bootleg houses. You've heard of, you know what bootleg houses are, don't you? Those are, those are the houses that sell alcohol and anything else you want, uh, in any way you want to sell it, I'll just leave it right there. So I said to the gentleman that called me that if I need to move out of the community, then you tell your SPRC committee they need to seek the bishop for another pastor to come. Because if I cannot live where my people are hurting and allow myself to open the doors and the hearts of the people who were inside of the church, Miss Maggie, that did not want that kind of folk in church, I'm so glad everybody, not somebody, but everybody is special to God. Life is precious so precious that everybody is special, longs for the salvation of each one of us, which means that everybody counts. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they smell like, where they've come from. They're all God's creatures. God see all of the broken eye. He see all of the broken hearts, the crying eyes, every one of them. And God is at work on behalf of each of them because not some of us but every one of us count and is somebody. Everybody counts. If everybody matters to God, then they should matter to us as well, wouldn't you think? Yes. That's why we must get up out of our comfort zones and meet people where they are and not where we want them to be. There was a gentleman that by the name of Jack in our community that would have never been allowed in Mount Pleasant, Miss Maggie, had I would not come. Jack was an alcoholic. But it was something about Jack that was just special. And we, we clicked. And he couldn't believe. He said, you, 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 you don't have no problem with me. Drunk. I wasn't drunk, but I said to him, you're going to have any problems with me. And he said, what's wrong with your speech? I said, I want to know what's wrong with yours. Oh, I'm fine. But Jack got to the point where he could walk into the church down the aisles drunk as Couda Brown. And he'd go over to the choir and he'd begin to direct the choir. And there was one Sunday, one of my members who's a commissioner came into the sanctuary and had all of her friends from the commission to, to visit. And when I saw Jack coming in, I said, Lord, you need to speak to me now because I saw the eyes of that member looking at me as if to say, what are you going to do about that? And as Jack came down the aisle, the choir was singing and his hands were going and he was just directing. And the Lord moved me just to go down where Jack was, came around the altar rails and I just grabbed him and hugged him and said, oh my gracious Jack, you're going to get me drunk with all you've got on you this morning. <laughs> But what it did was it calm whatever anxiousness may have been in the visitors that Jack was not a stranger at Mount Pleasant. Jack was a member of the body of Christ. Jack would walk on those grounds and pick up trash. Jack would leave me Pepsi Colas at my door. Jack would water the flowers. And even now, Miss Maggie, I've had to say to Jack, don't come to my house at dark. If you need something, you need to need to be daytime or I'm calling the popo on you. <laughs> everybody counts to God. And if everybody counts to God, they should matter to us as well. Doesn't matter what it is. But if we are going to grow in our walk with the Lord, we must be willing to allow God to help us to change us to be more and more like Jesus. I'm so glad God loves each one of us just the way we are. When God says, I love you, God is saying that we matter to Him, that we are persons of worth. We are valuable to Him. It does not matter what others think about you or me, for in the sight of God, we are wonderfully and fearfully made. God knows me and still loves me. Thank God that He does. Because if I look back over my life, I said he'd had no reason to like me or less known love me. But God knows our weaknesses. God knows that we are sinners. Yet God forgives us. God has walked with us through danger seen and unseen and has never left us alone. God knows our ups and downs. Yet God never leaves us. God keeps on building us up where we are torn down and grants us mercy even when we don't deserve it. That's because everybody, not someone, but everybody. And everybody is somebody and Christ is all. John fifteen thirteen reminds us that no one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. If you want a visible definition of love, Look at what God did for us in Christ in Romans 5 and 8. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still or yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you want to get to the heart of what it means to love and be loved, look to the cross of Christ. There is where God's love came to humankind. Martin Luther King Jr. states that we must discover the power of love, the redemptive power of love. And when we discover that, we will be able to make of this old world a new world, for love is the only way. Dr. King also says, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Bottom line, everybody is somebody and Christ is all. You do know that, don't you? God has a better offer for us. And if we're going to grow in our walk, you and I must be willing to allow God to help us to get the grime out of our own lives. Dad used to say to us, never look down on anybody unless you're picking them up. And if when you pick them up, you've got to go tell somebody, leave them where they are. Everybody is somebody. God is calling us. He's provided us. He's given us. He said to us, each one of us count, that we are special to him. So God's special special message to each of us this morning is, I love you. He sent his son into the world to die for our sins. Romans 5, 8 reminds us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for each one of us. You matter to God. I matter to God. Everybody matters to God. Someone may be here who has been trying to fight off spiritual discouragement. You've been wondering where God is in your life. I can assure you God is with you and you matter to him. Someone may be here today, may be feeling or have felt like the world is falling in on you. But trust me, the creator of the universe can put your world back together again because you matter to God. There's a Christian rock band by the name of Mercy Me who penned the words to a song titled, Won't You Be My Love? God is calling you and me to respond to this call. I don't know about you, but I can hear God calling out. Won't you be my voice calling? Won't you be my hands healing? Won't you be my feet walking into a broken world? Won't you be my chain breaker? Won't you be my peacemaker? Won't you be my hope and joy? Won't you be my love? Because everybody is somebody. May God grant us open eyes. May God grant us open minds. May God grant us open hands. May God grant us open hearts so that we can continually be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ here on earth and proclaim like mercy me, we will be your voice calling. We will be your hands healing. We will be your feet walking into a broken world. We will be your chain breaker. We will be your peacemaker. We will be your hope and joy We will be your love. It doesn't get much plainer. Or the word I'm about to use. And when I hesitated, I thought about my mama. She said, that's not good English. But mama, I'm here today. And I'll hear you speaking to me shortly. It doesn't get much plainer or gooder (laughs) than that. Because everybody is somebody. And Christ is all. God has called us into this world where red and yellow, black and white, regardless of the culture, that all of us are precious in God's sight. Don't care how old you get, Jesus loved the little children of the world. It just doesn't matter anymore because everybody counts. And as the people of God, God has called us To embrace people where they are and not where we want them to be. You know what we do sometimes and I'm not exempt. You see something that doesn't look right with someone and you have something that you want to say about it. Just thank God that God has changed you. If we think about our own lives, then it doesn't give us room to talk about anybody else's. Because I'm just so glad once again that God loves everybody. To include you and me, the man and woman on the street, the folk in the dope houses, those with mental conditions and don't know what to do, God has not forsaken them nor forgotten them. So as we move through this time on this side, let us place our hearts and hands in Jesus' hands and allow him to walk with us and talk with us. And even heal us from some of our own hurts to recognize in this world that everybody is somebody and Christ is all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and the people of God said,
0: Amen. And now may the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, abide with you, and keep you in his peace, grace, and glory, now and forever. And forever and forevermore.
1: Amen.